and we can do a clap in three, two, one. Cool. That one was a little off in comparison <laughs> to the first one, but I'm okay with it. All right, I have a beer at the ready. Yeah, that's Me why too. they're off. Okay, off. good. <laughs> Figure for the second half, we should just get a little, get a little loose with it. Uh, <laughs> that was creepy. Yeah, sorry. I, yeah. I've been listening to a lot of last podcasts on the left, specifically the the Jim Jones like uh, yeah thing. So now I just have this creeper mindset of, of fucking Henry Zabrowski in the back of my head. It's like I listen. I feel like I listen to these episodes, and I also listen to the Scientology episodes back to back. Oh yeah. And so now it's just like full mm-hmm. of creeper fucking guys. Yeah. Um, so if that comes out, I apologize. I'm not gonna try to start a cult. Too late. This is a cult. This is a cult. Uh, I was going to say. We have matching t shirts. <laughs> <laughs> This is the I Read Comic Books podcast. I am your host, Mike Rappin, and with me this week are four fantastic human beings Nick White. Hey. Tia Vasiliu. Hello. Kate Scotchless. Hello. And Paul Jaceley. Hello. This is the annual number three for I Read Comic Books. This is the kickoff for year four <laughs> of I Read Comic Books. It's a momentous occasion. It's unfucking believable that we've gotten to four years of this goddamn podcast. <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm so jazzed. Like, I'm pounding this energy drink so I can pound some beers. It's going to be a fantastic <laughs> day. I hope you're all ready for this. But let me start by saying thank you guys for joining me on this momentous occasion. This is the same lineup that we had last year. I'm I'm so jazzed. Like, we've got so much to talk about, about I read comic books. Like, this is going to be our episode just kind of reflecting on the last year, what made things great, what we're going to do in the future, and talk about just all the cool stuff. But before we get into any of that, let me ask the question I ask every single week on this goddamn show for 144 episodes. How have you been? How have comic books been? Let's start with Nick. Hey, I want to thank you for letting me lead off and really bring the energy to the show. I mean, <laughs> with that with that introduction, you know, it's like <laughs> things are um okay. I've been sick. Mm-hmm. You know, that whole flu epidemic, cold epidemic, everyone's getting fucking sick epidemic is is making its its way around and, you know, one day you think you're okay and next day you're on the couch under six blankets and eating a bunch of Scooby snacks from Keebler and <laughs> you're like what are these? <laughs> And you're like, how did these get in my hand? And these little, you know, dog bone shaped things that say Scooby. And you're like, this is my life for the next five days. Sounds good. Is Nick okay to be on the show? I'm fine. (laughs) You know, uh, it's just a lot of tea. I haven't looked at the ingredients. It was imported from a country I'm really not that sure about. But it it said silver tea. So maybe there's actual metals in this. I don't know. But besides that, things are all right. I've actually had a lot of time to get some reading done. So... I'll talk about one or two quick things here. Um, I finally got around to reading Quantum and Woody, number one. Oh, nice. Uh, I know it's been out for a little bit, but I kind of fell behind. Uh, yesterday, I experienced the embarrassing consequences of falling so far behind that not once, but twice yesterday, I actually read one issue ahead of where I actually was. So I accidentally missed an issue of Batman and missed an issue of Super Sons. So... Um, I got to the end of, you know, um, yeah. You know, they put numbers on them. To help yeah, they that. do. But you're like, you're like, what number am I on? And you're like, I think this is the number I'm on. 
and then I got to the end of Super Sons, uh, sorry, not Super Sons, uh, Batman, um, it's the Super Friends part two, and it, on the mm-hmm. final page, it's like part two, and I'm like, fuck! <laughs> oh boy, Nick, that first one is the best one. Yeah, exactly. So that was embarrassing, but uh, Quantum and Woody number one, um, this of course is a reboot, or as they've called it, it's it's a three-boot, technically. This is the third huh. time this book's been redone. Uh, and I was pretty skeptical. Uh, you got Daniel Kibblesmith writing this, and he kind of had a semi-unproven at best reputation going into it. And while I still regard Kano or Kano as one of Valiant's sort of unsung heroes, he drew the delinquents and uh, the 4001 arc of Rye, etc., etc. I really wasn't certain that he was going to be up for doing this book. Um, but uh, I, I have to say, um, I think he actually did a really, really good job with it. Um, I think doing comedy in comics is so actually really difficult. Um, and we're not just talking about throwaway one-liners or, or things like that, but actual, Mm -hmm. you know, the comedic pacing of comedic action, um, or those sorts of things. I I find that to be really insanely difficult to actually elicit a real laugh or, you know, a a good cry out of someone via comics. So Mm -hmm. when you can pull it off, that's, that's actually something. Um, that being said, Kibblesmith manages to actually nail the duo's voices. He managed to set the scene without recapping too much of the 90s run by Christopher Priest or the 2012 run by James Asmus. Uh, he closes the issue with a genuine good hook. Um, and, and Kano, or Kano, please tell me which, actually brought like a really great amount of energy to this book from the layouts to the pencils to the colors. He did all of it. Um, I think in a lot of ways, and even Kibblesmith admits in the behind the scenes for the issue that comics are something that's relatively new for him, uh, and so he was really intent on um, letting the artist really take the reins on guiding the book, and I think it shows, and I really appreciate the fact that he was really honest about that, and it's not like the guy who shows up who's new to comics, and he's like, yeah, I'm a mastermind, and now I'm doing comics, and oh yeah, there was an artist, you know, and you you get that sometimes, uh, which is unfair and stupid. This guy looks like Paul, by the way. Daniel Kib- Kibblesmith. <laughs> oh, he's he got, does. He's got, really? He totally yeah. does. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Uh, guys, guys, I've got a secret for you. Shit. <laughs> I was waiting for the annual to You were this. Superman the whole time? <laughs> the whole time. Well, I was just wearing glasses. See, that's how you can tell. If Paul wrote it, then I just want to say it was actually real bad. And um, <laughs> <laughs> utter disappointment. Um, no. Uh, the other book I'll just discuss briefly is Dying in the Dead, number four. I realize this book is now on number six, Um, but I bought the first trade, which uh, that's probably the only time I've ever bought a trade of issues one through three of anything, and the book was still fucking massive. Um, Yeah, that uh, first issue is like something like 64 or 72 pages or something. (laughs) It's like 70 or 80 pages. Yeah, yeah. And um, I really, really like this book. I think this is probably my favorite Jonathan Hickman book. Uh, it's drawn by Ryan Bodenheim and colored by Michael Garland, um, both of which I think are very, very underrated in their respective fields. Uh, and I think part of the problem is also that, you know, Jonathan Hickman as a name, not only an image, but, you know, across all publishers uh, is sort of a name that attracts so much attention to it that everyone else kind of gets you know, undershadowed or overshadowed, rather. Jesus. Sure. Um, so, again, Michael Garland's coloring, amazing. Uh I I haven't flown through a book quite as fast as I flew through issue four of this. Um, this book is really, really addicting. Uh, it's also a book that's really hard to explain to other people. 
Yes. I, you cannot, like, e- even, like, Manhattan Projects or East of West, if you give, if you give me, like, three minutes, I might be able to kind of tackle it, but, but Dying in the Dead is just very hard to describe, and I think a lot of that is just because the readers themselves aren't even really certain where the fuck this book is going. Yeah. Um, because it feels like an old war movie or, like, you know, grizzled old guys uh, get together for one last adventure, but then it's so bizarrely something much much more than that um i don't know uh i don't i don't want you to continue to attempt no no i'm not you can (laughs) you can it's it's real tough i'll just say one last thing bloodshot salvation number four written by jeff lemire drawn by miko suwayan um when you tell me it's an origin story for a character i don't care about uh, I'm instantly super, super skeptical, and I really don't care that much, but I forgot it was Jeff Lemire, and somehow he misdirects and fucks with so many expectations that readers, especially established comic book readers, have for origin issues that he really, really messes with what you expect out of it, and it was actually one of the best issues I've read in a long time. Very nice. So that's what I've been reading. Cool. Paul, what about you? What have you, what have you been reading? Um... I've been reading a variety of things, of course. I've been uh, working through my backlog of dollar bin finds, uh, so that's always fun. Mm-hmm. But the highlights for this past week that I read, some more recent stuff, including Doomsday Clock number three. This is the, uh, of course, the Watchmen. Is it a sequel? Is it an homage? I don't know. No one knows. No is one it right. a cash no cow? Yeah, yes. yeah, it's a ca- <laughs> cash grab. Um, by Jeff Johns, art by Gary Frank, colors by Brad Anderson. And here's the thing. I think Doomsday Clock is actually really good. Um, yeah, I just read number one. I was surprised. It's really, aside from being front-loaded like fuck. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting how... Well, part of it is I'm reading it and I'm thinking, you know, I like Watchmen fine enough. It's not my favorite comic. I understand its importance. But reading Doomsday Clock <laughs> number three, I realized, oh, you know what Watchmen needed to make me like it? More hmm. Batman. So having Batman <laughs> show up and interact with Warshak, I mean, that's really great. I think Jeff Johns has a really solid handle on the characters and their interactions are really great. Um, Ozymandias meeting Lex Luthor and Batman meeting Warshak. Their interactions are really kind of clever and fun. And Gary Frank's art, a lot of the stuff he's doing with the layouts isn't just copying or doing an homage to Watchmen. He's mm-hmm. actually sort of playing around with that that nine panel grid and you know trying different things with it. It's it's a really interesting book if you get past the sort of you know naked cash grabbiness of it. So I don't mm-hmm. know. I'm really enjoying it so far. What can I say? Gotcha. Um, I also read Abbott number one. This is my pick from last episode. This is the new yes. creator-owned series by Saladin Ahmed, art Man. by Sammy Cavella, colors by Jason Woody uh, Wordy. It was great. It was even better than I expected. So, did you read this, Mike? Uh, no, no, actually, yes, I did. I did. <laughs> uh, I, as soon as I got it, I actually like stopped what I was doing in the middle of the workday, and I was like, I have to push through this book because it's yeah. I'm, I looked I was so excited for it yeah. loved it I absolutely loved it it's really it's really great unrelated Mike's unemployed <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I, yeah I mean I explained it a little bit on the last episode but basically the the gimmick or the hook is that uh the lead character Alina Abbott is a new journalist in Detroit in 1972 she covers cases that usually involve some sort of police brutality or some underhanded tactics from the Detroit police, all under the shadow of the riots that happened in Detroit about five years before the book is set. So 
Uh, Saladin Ahmed does a really good job of capturing the the social atmosphere, the racial tension in Detroit at the time between the press Mm -hmm. and the police. Some of the explanations of that are a little heavy-handed, but I understand he's doing that for people that aren't familiar with that history. So yeah, uh, it kind of works. Elena Abbott is a great character, a fantastic tough-nosed journalist type character. And there's a little sort of twist at the end that it's very intriguing. It's more than just a typical journalist's, you know, undercover crime story. It's something more going on. Loved it. Yeah. And then finally, not only is today the recording of the third annual I Read Comic Books podcast event, I will call it an event, right? Yeah, I like the that. Cro- the crossover. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> tonight is also the 31st annual WWE Royal Rumble. So I'll be watching that tonight. And to prepare, I read the Boom Comics Royal Rumble 2018 special, which Ooh. is their big, big sort of oversized thing they do before all the big WWE pay-per-views. Um, this one is sort of a uh, anthology type book, oversized, like five or five or six different stories from different creators. Kind of wow. cool that they let AJ Styles, who's a professional wrestler, write a story about his debut at the Royal Rumble a couple years ago. So it's kind of fun to see him oh, cool. write his own story. That was kind of fun. And I do want to give a, a special shout out to the writer Ryan Ferrier, who wrote a Randy Savage story from the 91 Rumble when Randy Savage didn't show up at the show. <laughs> and he actually writes Randy Savage's, let's call it unique vocal style perfectly. You could actually hear Randy Savage saying every, oh yeah. Oh yeah, bro. He was just channeling him. It was like a ghost sequence, you know, it's the ghost of Randy, you know, Savage just hovers behind him. It was, it was great. It was very enjoyable, a lot, very fun and over the top. So it got me excited for tonight. Obviously that matches, that show is tonight. If you're listening to this, you know who won. So um, I guess no... Don't spoil it for me in the past, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> anyway, that's what I read. Uh, yeah, it was good. Very cool. Uh, Kate, what did you read? I re- and how have you been, I guess? I'll also ask you that. Now you care. Um, I've been pretty good. <laughs> my, <laughs> uh, my internet has been pretty garbage, um, and the apartment place isn't going to fix it. So I'm sitting at Xander's right now. He has generously opened his home and internet Wi-Fi to me to do this. He's so truly a wizard. Truly a wizard and a savior <laughs> of souls. Um, Comics-wise, I haven't done too much reading uh, because classes and busy and all that stuff, but I have had a chance to read two graphic novels. Do we call a manga volume a graphic novel? I feel like it's a graphic novel. I f- it's, I don't know. You know, we mm. use these it's words manga, so interchangeably. We right? I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, let's solve I, that discussion right now. Let's just <laughs> like no, the no. next two uh, oh, next God. two hours we hammer this out. Yeah. So the first one I read was uh, Misandra, which I'm probably butchering. Uh, it's the Arabic word for seizure, and it's a mm-hmm. OGN from 2017 by Isman Omar Ada um, about a college student living with epilepsy, and it's based on the creator's own experience with that. Um, it is incredibly beautiful. Like read it for the color work. Uh, really interesting use of color, really unique. And that is how I it grabbed my eye at a shop. And then the pencils are pretty reminiscent of Brian Lee O'Malley and probably not coincidentally, uh, the, the, I don't know, the review quote on the front is from him. So that it has that oh, kind okay. of Scott Pilgrim pencils look, but looks completely he different. Stole my work, Brian Lee O'Malley. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I see myself in this and therefore I love it. 
but it does look completely different because of the color work. I mean, it's just the that kind of cartoony, sketchy, the way the characters look is kind of oh, like totally. That. Hmm. Um, and then the manga is very the manga. The writing is very manga like. Like it's very it's first person narration, um, kind of explaining everything kind of over explaining in my opinion but that's just the, that style of writing you know what i mean so yeah, yeah. that part i didn't care for as much but it's really well done that was just personal preference on my end so overall i loved it and would recommend it to anyone i also read uh, the girl from the other side volume two which is a manga by nagabi uh, translated by adrian beck and it's um we talked about it on the show before it's a dark fantasy manga and I'd recommend it for people who like the ancient Magus Bride, but could like skip that weird child bride slave plot line. Like okay. <laughs> it's wonderful, but without that, like it's everything you dreamed. So it's very um there's a curse slash illness. It's talked about as a curse in the um in the manga, but it's very reminiscent of like plague time type stuff where okay. there's insiders and outsiders. Outsiders are people like outside the city walls that have been shunned out there because they are suspected to have, like they've been exposed to the curse or they have it. And it's a curse that turns you into kind of like a Slenderman looking monster if the Slenderman had uh, like a deer skull for a head. Um, oh, so, so like this This creepy looking <laughs> tall, skinny black shape kind of thing. And so it's about one of these guys. Um, so they look really scary, but they're just people. Um, and it's about one of these guys who's taking care of a kid that got abandoned out there because she was exposed. And how he's trying to protect her and what's happening. And, try- and you're kind of slowly figuring out what the curse is. And if this child, may- it, like it's implied that she's special somehow. Like she might be the key to uncursing everybody. And it's, I don't know, it's interesting. I like it. The art is really beautiful, which is why I picked it up. Um, it's pretty unique for manga art. I think it's a different style than usual. And so if you're interested in that kind of stuff, it's worth a read. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've, I've, I think when you talked about it last time, I was like, oh, I definitely need to buy that and completely forgot about it. So thank you for <laughs> reminding me. Uh, Tia, what about you? How have you been? How have comic books been? What have you been reading? All that stuff. I've been good. Comics have been okay. I think everyone's holding down the fort there without me. So, mm-hmm. um, cause I, I'm still in my cocoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it seems like the usual fires are burning, but, uh, nothing too dramatic. And, um, I actually read something a little outside my normal fair. It mm-hmm. is a nonfiction graphic memoir called The Best We Could Do by T. Bui. I think that's how you say her name. If it isn't, please tweet me and correct me. Um, (laughs) And so this is a a memoir about a family that immigrated to the United States from Vietnam after the war and their struggles to kind of, you know, settle and and gain a, a kind of um, I don't know, not necessarily like they, they're dealing with a lot of trauma. And of course, they have like all of the sort of struggles that immigrants have. And then the specific set of struggles that Vietnamese immigrants would have at that particular time. And so right. um, she's sort of telling that story from her perspective as as like a kid at that in 
experiencing that. And then she also talks about how when she had her own baby, it made her think a lot differently about her parents and who they were as people outside of being parents. And so there, she kind of goes back to her parents' uh, biographies and tells their stories and weaves that in and kind of examines how their experiences as people before they were her parents shaped the way that they handled, you know, being parents and being immigrants and, and fleeing their, their country and things like that. So I don't know. Uh, this, is it's weird because I'm usually not that into nonfiction comics, and in fact, we sure. we did an episode, episode 111, about nonfiction comics, and I was basically mm-hmm. like, I'm just not into this genre. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what made this one different for me because I really couldn't put it down is that the artwork is just so so gorgeous. It's my favorite style of artwork. It's very painterly. It's kind of watercolory with a really exquisite kind of monochromatic peachy color palette and then very strong dynamic black inking that is very lively and textured and emotional and so uh it's really the artwork that pulled me through the story and and I think that a graphic novel is a really wonderful format for this sort of story because so much of of memory is silent and rather than articulating it with prose i think using the these these pictures and these and these images and these moments and and all of the ways that the medium of comics allows you to play with you know graphics uh it just it really let memory be a really prominent part of the story and you got that sense that it was like a record you know what i mean instead of it being yeah. like a, yeah. an, mm-hmm. there's there it doesn't have that same immediacy it has more of the of a feeling of of memory and mm. you know i think it's a really poignant topic especially right now it's about immigration it's about being displaced by war it's about struggling to settle in a new place and mm-hmm. um also the story of learning to see our parents as human beings and understanding how you know their lives shaped who they are and their hopes for their children and you know i mean like we can all relate to that even if we haven't you know had this specific experience so mm-hmm. um I think that it is a great book in terms of just like stretching your empathy, but also um, helping you identify with, with someone who maybe isn't exactly like you or like, and then on the other hand, it's really great to see this point of view being represented. And I'm sure there are people for whom um, it would really resonate with them in a more specific way. Um, I was really interested to learn that the author basically taught herself how to make comics to tell this story and oh, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah. So there's just such a smart use of like layout and design on certain pages. She clearly put a lot of thought into how this specific medium contributed to telling this specific story. Like most of it is a pretty linear layout with like boxes um, as panels. And so mm-hmm. then when she does break the borders or use full pages, it's very, very meaningful. And uh, it's a longer book. It's just over 300 pages. And I would mm-hmm. really recommend if you can to get the hardcover because even like the book jacket and then you take it off and like the, 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 the like a wraparound cover and the inside pages, like the, the lining. I know there's probably like publication terms for this that I'm right. blanking yeah. on right now. Um, <laughs> but like, it, like every part of the, the hardcover is just a really beautiful book also. 
That's great. Yeah, I just Googled the this book and I looked at some of the preview pages and it's very beautiful art. Like that is that's some stellar stuff. I like it. Nice. Um well for me, uh I've been I've been reading some stuff and trying to just catch up on backlog things of books that I'm forcing myself to read because I bought them and I dropped them in my pull list and stuff. But I did read some books that I actually liked. I read, I sat down for another book club that I'm in and read uh, My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness by Kabi Nagata. Uh, this is a translated Japanese, or yeah, I want to say manga. It doesn't feel like manga, but it's a Everyone that I talked to said it's a manga, um, which is like an autobiographical story about this woman who had, like, she's very depressed and she was very, very lonely. That's hence the name of the story. And she she didn't know who she was really. And so by the time she hit the age of twenty eight, she had never really had any kind of romantic like experience with anyone. And she wanted to experience that and get better, like try to fix herself, quote unquote, because she was dealing with this depression and she was making money. She was working, but she didn't feel satisfied with life. She didn't feel like she was actually herself. So she the story follows her as she continues to try and fail and try and fail at, you know, being a better her and feeling more comfortable in her own skin. Um, and it, the, the book does a really good job, I think, of ex- or she does, the author, I should say, does a very good job of just explaining some of these emotions that people with depression go through in ways that I never had heard before and kind of really put me in that mindset of understanding someone when they say, you know, I'm feeling really depressed, I don't want to do anything. And a lot of folks will say, oh, you're just being lazy. But she goes in to explain how, like, when you're depressed and you're not feeling up to do anything, like you don't have any will to do anything, it's a completely different completely different experience and you sit there and you think well wouldn't it just be better if I was dead and you don't want to necessarily go kill yourself you're like but you sit there and you lay and you think just let me die because I'm not contributing I'm not bettering myself I'm not doing anything what's the point and it was a really interesting way to to discuss that because all the I feel like all of the discussion and things that we have in the in like western culture about depression and stuff you think oh someone's depressed they're gonna go hang themselves and it's not that's not really the case but I think that that's like the the way that we are shown that kind of mentality Um, and this book really does a fantastic job of getting that like finding that line to say it's not about wanting to die it's that you have no will to live um, and get in like explaining what the difference is there and I really like like the book isn't it doesn't end on like this happy note where she gets better but the book does end on a note where she says I may not be at my best but I'm still working at it and apparently there's a sequel coming out which is a continuation of the story because apparently this is a serialized book Um, but I really loved it the art was fantastic it's not in that traditional manga style though she does draw a lot of manga things and the color work in this book is really cool. Like, there's a lot of bright pinks and purples to describe moods and feelings and different things. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, did not think I was going to be taken with it as much as I was. Um, and for, I think it's only five chapters with a bonus chapter. Um, so you can read through it really, really quick. Hmm. Um, highly recommend it. Like, honestly, I think it was on a bunch of best of lists last year. And I totally can understand why. Um also, because of last week's episode where we talked all about Superman, I did go out and buy some of those issues that Paul and, and Renee had pointed out. And so I bought mm-hmm. uh, Action Comics number 775, uh, which is the What's So Funny About Truth, Justice, and the American Way. This is written by Joe Kelly with, with our, or pencils by Doug Monkey and Lee Bermejo with inkers. Tom Nguyen, Dexter Vines, Jim Royal, Jose Marzan, Wade Von Gravadger, <laughs> Wayne Foucher. DC goes crazy with inkers, you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I read yeah. this issue. It's very, very cool um, about how Superman is basically getting beat 
and he doesn't give up. And oh man, it's uh, such a there was such a cool one-off issue to read about Superman. Um, I've never read a book like that really about him, um, or at least read a, such a compact book that really delivers what the point of Superman is and who he is <laughs> as a character. So um, I appreciate you know Paul and Renee for suggesting those and reading this one. I did read two other ones, but I, I won't go into that because we did a whole thing about Superman last week. Um, but there's some good, really good stories out there, and I, I really enjoyed this issue. Cool. So, I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you're looking for a good Superman issue. Those guys weren't messing around. <laughs> uh, so, I guess we can we can move into talking about comic picks for this week. We could try to fly through these real quick because we're yeah. already really running long. This whole episode is going to be long. So, sorry, folks. I guess for listening to us. Uh, <laughs> comic books are coming out on January 31st, 2017. What are you all excited for? Let's just kick it back. We'll go back to Tia. What are you excited for? Oh, well, I am excited for Underwinter Field of Feathers number four, which is the Ray Fox horror, beautiful, gorgeous, watercolory book that he's doing at Image. This is the mm-hmm. second arc, and it's unrelated to the first arc in terms of like it's not a continuation of those characters and their story, but it's still engaging with the same kind of themes of like pain and magic and power and beautiful gorgeous horror which um like i don't know why i was trying to describe it and i was was like it reminds me of that um that moment in america's next top model when tyra banks is like ho but make it fashion (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like horror but make it beautiful Sure. (laughs) you have to grab your breasts when you say that too and yeah like stick them out and then you have to do the like the like high fashion like hunch that they do like hope okay make, yeah um so horror but make it beautiful that's what we love about ray fox <laughs> uh Perfect. kate what are you excited for this upcoming week <laughs> it's an important gif everyone should look it up that's, yeah. yeah we should title the annual <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So I'm excited for God Shaper. Uh, the trade paperback is coming out this week. And mm-hmm. this is one of those series where I got the first issue in singles and decided to trade weight it. Uh, it's mm-hmm. a six issue mini. And I like the first issue. So I'm excited for to be able to like get the, all of it now and read it. Um, this is by Simon Spurrier with art by Jonas Goonface, which is a fantastic name yes. that yeah, I will yeah. never get over. <laughs> this is the series that they did about um, this guy named Ine, who's a god shaper in this world where everyone has a personal god, kind of like his dark materials with everyone having a daemon. Um, he is someone without a god, but he has the power to shape other people's gods. So he's like an outcast, but everyone needs him. And then he pairs up with this god who doesn't have a person. And they go have adventures and do something. I don't know. I haven't read it, man. I'm excited. <laughs> so it was uh, an interesting art style that I liked. And I like the world building that Simon Spurrier does with his magic. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm interested in looking forward to it. I really like the spire. I hope it's kind of along those lines. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's good. I, I really I enjoyed it. I'll say that. So. Yeah, I think it yeah. warrants a reread. But yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't realize you guys had read it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think we I feel like we talked about it once or twice, maybe on episodes yeah, maybe. where you weren't on or something. Yeah. Um, I feel like among the I read comic books group of folks, a handful of us have actually read that book, but we never talked about it. So maybe we should <laughs> should do I something be about that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's question. a good yeah. book. It yeah, is. I good. think okay. the the art can sell it on its own. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, uh, Nick, what are you excited for this upcoming week? 
The Swamp Thing uh, Winter Special was a big contender, but I guess that got pushed a week, like last mm-hmm. minute. So um, it's it's Quantum and Woody number two. Uh, I really like the press releases they've been doing for this uh, run. It's It's been very tongue-in-cheek to a point that you have to appreciate, especially with how much a lot of PR seems to be all the same these days. Um, it's been announced as 2017's must-read new series continues continues with slightly less collectible second issue in 2018. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've been having so much fun with this series. Um, I mean, this is just one of the things. This book actually went to second printing, but it only released one issue as a collectible, and it was sold for charity. So the book more or less went straight to third printing, unless you have oh. that one issue. So mm-hmm. they did that. And then they also decided to go crazy with a lot of the foils and, and, and die-cut shit from the 90s. Stuff that we need in comics again, I guess. Yeah, mm-hmm. Make comics great again, I guess. And um, in that regard, they I was reading the behind-the-scenes for number one, and they admitted that a lot of the foils they've been using... Foils? Is that the right word? Yeah. What is that called? Yeah. That a lot of it they found was um, just being stockpiled from older comics, uh, and they said that I think a lot of the foil used for the first issue was actually from Jim Lee's Wildcats number two. What? You know, <laughs> it's been crazy. it's been stockpiled. You know, the, the the industry bottomed out and they just had factories full and full of vintage foil. And so when they decided they were gonna do this for Quantum and Woody, they just started calling up a lot of these places with their old business Jeez. contacts and uh yeah. So That's hilarious. Uh also I wanna just say I appreciate that this issue is being described as quote must read superhero action, family, drama, buddy, comedy, throwdown of 2018. So they're just covering all their bases. Great. Uh, and in this issue, we're going to, things are, uh, Quantum and Woody are going to break up again because Woody's going to find out that um, his dad's actually alive and living in Australia and, and, and Eric slash Quantum has been um, hiding that from him. So, oh, yep. drama. Yeah, drama. yeah, yeah. Jeez. A uh, little bit of everything. Sounds like a fun book, question mark? Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I've never read any Quantum and Woody. Yeah. I can't really speak to it. Hmm. But Paul, what's up with you? How, how, what's, what's up? What book are you excited for this week? <laughs> I am excited for the Justice League of America slash Doom Patrol special number one. This is the first of the, I think they're doing four crossovers between the DC Young Animal imprint and the DC Main Continuity. Okay. Here's the thing. Doom Patrol has become one of the best comics out there right now. I thought it got off to a slow start, but as the issues have been coming out, I've been really, really enjoying it. I think Gerard Way is doing something very interesting with the Doom Patrol. It's also fun to read that while I'm also doing my reread of the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol, and I can kind mm-hmm. of see where Gerard Way is getting out of ideas and where he's deviating and doing his own thing with the Doom Patrol. So I just read issue 10 of Doom Patrol. It was fantastic, and it ends in a way that sets up this crossover. Um, as far as I understand, throughout the Doom Patrol, this current series, there's been a sort of meta-fictional subtext going on where there's an interdimensional company called Retcon that has been buying up <laughs> buying up stories and then no repackaging way. for new markets. <laughs> no way. And they've been watching the Doom Patrol, and the issue 10, spoiler alert, ends with the Doom Patrol literally crashing through the wall of Retcon. Um, and I guess... This the the Milk Wars crossover that's going to happen between Young Animal and DC is based on that idea, where this retcon company has bought up all these stories, bought up like Justice League stories, and have repackaged them for a new market. It somehow involves um, feeding people milk from psychic cows. I'm not sure how that's going to tie in, which I guess okay. is why it's called Milk Wars. But anyway, uh, yeah, 
as I'm describing this, I'm getting more and more excited for it. So <laughs> it's, uh, this one shot is being co-written by Gerard Way and Steve Orlando. It's got art by ACO, and there's going to be a um, a backup about Shade the Changing Girl in it. So I'm pretty excited. I I, I think this could be potentially uh, a completely mind-blowing, fun comic, or it could be a complete mess, and I'm on board either way. I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to buy all of them, Paul? Yeah, that's the plan. So okay. I'm excited. I'm cool. on board. Yeah. Um, well, for me, I'm excited for another Simon Spurrier book. This is Motherlands Number One uh, by Simon Spurrier and Rachel Slot. Uh, I, I believe this is a young animal book, if I'm not mistaken, or, or it's a Vertigo book of, of some I sort. I don't. I don't know. Think, think it's, it's young vertigo. animal. Yeah. I think okay. It's vertigo. Yeah. So I think it's Vertigo. Yeah. And this the story is essentially about multiversal bounty hunters who are the rock stars of the future. And they are like celebrated for catching the most notorious, dangerous, dangerous, you know, foes that are that exist in the multiverse. And the I guess hook for this story is that our protagonist has to team up with her arch nemesis, and it's a six issue miniseries about them hunting down the biggest of bad dudes or whoever. Um, so I'm I'm down for this. I could read this for six issues. I'm totally willing to try it. And the art looks absolutely phenomenal. I don't know if I've seen Rachel Stott's work before, but it looks beautiful um so i'm willing to try this for six issues i love i love a good miniseries i can't express that enough so that that should be a lot of fun but yeah you know i'm gonna crack this beer here that i've got so um and we can get into the second half of this episode in a second As I said at the top of this episode, this is the third annual episode of I Read Comic Books, kicking off year four of I Read Comic Books. Before we start, we do have a Q&A episode coming up on February 14th, so if you have any questions you want us to answer, please send them over to us at ircb.destroythesibe.org or post on Twitter with the hashtag IRCBQA, and we will answer your question on our first ever Q&A episode. But this is the craziest thing. We are at year four of I Read Comic Books. We did so much in 2017. Like, it boggles my mind to think about it. Like, in reflecting on this whole last year from last year's annual to this one, we've done a lot of crazy shit. We had guest episodes. We had, we did our whole fucking Kickstarter, and that actually happened. I announced it on the annual last year and then put it off for six months, and then we actually did it. Like, what what kind of stuff are you guys thinking about? What did we do this year that you were super excited about that you want to talk about today? Because I've got a jillion things, but I need to stop speaking and drink this beer that I have. So <laughs> someone start, please. Well, um, I just think that we needed to acknowledge the highlight of the year, which was the Mike Rappin fan art. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Danny who drew that fan art. So for those of you who may have missed it, Mike went to the Louvre and so he's basically an art historian now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, and so, you know, Danny spent some time, I don't know, after the episode as someone who went to the Louvre, which I believe was the title, um he drew this fantastic picture in a in an outfit that I wish that I could own of me admiring some art and it's it's the it's my Twitter like 
top profile picture or whatever. It's so beautiful. I, mean, I can't <laughs> believe that that happened. I never thought that this show would have fan art. <laughs> <laughs> I um I feel like as an actual art historian, I should point out that the art you're admiring is not actually at the Louvre. <laughs> well, see, I think he was painting something from the future ah, okay. in another art museum that I go to as an official oh, art historian, okay. right? Yes, you you do need to do like a world tour. Like, remember um, <laughs> Sister Wendy, and she would like go around to all the, the art museums. And mm-hmm. just, am I the only one who watched that? Oh, I remember Sister Wendy. Oh yeah, I think that was like okay. PBS or something. So. Yeah, P- yep. yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Anyway, you could be the new Sister Wendy. Sure. Mike. Does that mean I have to, like, join a religion? I thought that you just said you were uh, founding an IRCB cult, Jim yeah. Jones oh, style. Yeah. <laughs> shh, shh. <laughs> it's not a cult. Oh, right. like we'd be Om Shonrikyo style, like, nerd cult. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, melt people in giant microwaves. Shh, shh. You guys, stop. These that's are all the, my plans. You were just your five. <laughs> that's, that's your five. That's down the road. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> year five is the IRCB religion. Next year's Kickstarter going to be real big. Oh, my God. <laughs> we need to build the IRCB bunker for when Galactus <laughs> actually comes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, okay. This is, this is getting out of hand. Um, we did do a Kickstarter, though, and that was fucking yeah. cool. Like, I... We asked for like $500, $500 and some change, and we hit $1,100 in contributions and pledges. Like, I, I can't believe that. I have so many t-shirts still sitting at my house. I swear to God, Kickstarter backers, they are coming. I packaged them all with the help of my fantastic girlfriend, Kelly. She did all the work, and I just kind of <laughs> looked at a spreadsheet because she is fantastic. And so we put all this stuff. I'm going to mail them this week. They're all sitting in a box ready to go, so... I'm hoping that those will go out, but still, I had we had so much extra like cash to buy cool things for people. Um, it's it blows my mind. Like we've got extra pins and stickers, and we got. You all should this mention awesome you mean like people use. who gave us money, not extra cash yeah. to buy things for people who. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, show or <laughs> no, 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 I got this, a pony. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no one wants to know about my Lamborghini that I got. Um, <laughs> 2017 Kickstarter, like the headline for the 2017 Kickstarter, like pull quote of Mike is, I can't believe people gave us money. Like anytime the Kickstarter (laughs) comes up, Mike's number one thing is like, I can't believe people gave us money. And it's like, that was like endearing the first time, Mike. But like the more I hear this, like, no, I I don't know what to think about this. Believe me, I did not like overspend any of the money. Like, I, I mean, I still pulled some money out of my pocket to make sure that we got everything on time and that we got everything like as in the correct like style and quality that we wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, like the t-shirt, I'm wearing one of the t-shirts right now, and it's a very, very comfortable t-shirt. And that was like a big thing. I was like, if we're gonna get t-shirts, they can't be cheap. They can't be ugly. And we had factored all this stuff in. Um, I just didn't factor the number of people that we were going to have to, you know, get T-shirts for and ship to mm-hmm. and stuff, um, which is awesome. Like, that is like, the best problem in the world to have, to know that we have that many people that want stuff that is branded by us, that has, like, says that I read comic books on it. Because it's not just about our podcast. It's also saying I read comic books, which is something that, you know, people don't necessarily broadcast to the world. And it's it's so cool. I mean, they're beautiful T-shirts, awesome pins. I fucking love the enamel pins that we got. It's it's so very cool. But, you know, so I was going back over the year just to kind of pick out my favorite moments. And I feel like two things that I noticed is that we we don't just 
talk about what we read. We, mm-hmm. so like I, I stopped at our horror episode that we did um, a few months ago. And then I also uh, paused at our talk. Um, I think it was episode 115 about subversive comics or comics as a subversive art form. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that we work really hard on and that kind of separates us from maybe other podcasts is we talk kind of more theoretically about comics. We kind of dive a little bit deeper and we don't, we don't just discuss what happened this week on Batman. We, I mean, we do do that, but we also (laughs) get, more into the how and the why rather than just the what, which I think is is valuable. And so I, I, I'm not surprised that people want to support us because I, you know, for people who are really engaged in comic books, you know, they could get the plot points for themselves, but this Mm -hmm. kind of discussion is something that just gives them a little bit of a richer experience, I hope. And also we talk about like unsung heroes. We talk about back matter. Like, you know, we try really hard Mm -hmm. to dive deep. So I think people appreciate that. I hope they do. I think a highlight for me has been when the people appreciating it are the creators we're talking about, when we get likes and retweets from them yeah. on our episodes, like uh, Ray Fox and I think Ollie Masters did. Oh, and- but make it fashion. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so that's always really exciting to me. And I don't know. It's like, oh, my God, Senpai noticed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that's what... I what makes me proud to be part of the show is this idea that I remember way back in the first year of the podcast, Mike and I were sort of talking about what we wanted the show to be. And that was what I came back to this idea is not just talk about, you know, what happens in comics, but talk about the experience of reading comics. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a perspective that isn't very uh, common on a lot of podcasts. And so having people on the Kickstarter say that they want to hear more of that was really encouraging. So there's a there's a demand for that. And over the past few years, especially the past year, I think, getting a variety of different voices and viewpoints to make me read comics I wouldn't have normally and to make me think about comics a way I wouldn't have normally. So, And that's not just on the podcast. It's the people we interact with on Twitter, all of our fans. So it's it's not only expanded my reading, it's also expanded the way I actually think about comics, which I think has turned it into a more thoughtful podcast as a result. So I think that's that's something I'm really proud of to be a part of. Yeah, I mean it's 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 very it's very comforting to know that that's like this this that's kind of the idea we started off on. I think when it was just me and mm-hmm. you and Nick in the in, I mean talking in my basement, you know, just about like let's do this yeah. podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did the big shout out last year and the year before, you know, but uh, thank the mighty heavens and Thor for George Benson who convinced me to start <laughs> this whole thing to say like you talk about these things with such passion like. Why wouldn't you want to have that conversation with others? Why don't you do it not at my house and leave? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I mean, it always happened at a bar. Like, we, we, we would just sit down and talk about comics, and it was never about, oh, let's, like, rehash everything that, you know, that happened in Batman or whatever, like you were saying. You know, it's, it's all about, like, the actual thing of being a comic books fan. That's the thing we've kind of prided ourselves on as a show. And the fact that we've done it, and, like, to Paul's point, we've added more voices. Like, we added Kate mm-hmm. and Renee this last year. Kate Lamphere, that is. And now we're at a rotating list of nine people that come onto the show to offer very unique, distinct perspectives on comics and manga that, you know, we couldn't have... I couldn't have imagined us doing 
three years ago when we first started this and we were just like, okay, Nick reads Valiant, Mike reads X-Men, and Paul's <laughs> reading Superman and Batman books, you know? And now we've got this whole thing where we've got, you know, everyone's got this very unique voice that brings something interesting to the table. And to, to add more to what Paul said, like, I've read a ton of comics I never would have thought I would have sat down to actually try mm-hmm. because of that. And it's only made me, I think, a better comic book reader and a person who understands the medium more. And I hope that everyone else on the show feels the same way. And I hope that our listeners feel the same way. Like they've gotten some very unique perspectives on things that maybe they weren't interested in until they heard it on or heard someone talk about it with the passions that we have on this show. Honestly, like being able to go on my, I mean, I jokingly say feminist rants, but like, you know, I always worry a little bit like about I'm I'm very conscious of the fact that Mike, at the end of the day, like this was your podcast, and you invited me on the show. Am I taking it too far for y- for your comfort? And you like you always just let us, you know, say what we what we want to say. And the fact that you're so supportive of of that, and also that you know people like listeners have actually given us feedback where they're you know they're really open to that, and mm-hmm. it's. You know, there's people joke and say that you could ever change anyone's mind on the internet, but people have said to us, like, I really appreciate hearing this point of view that I wouldn't have thought of. I don't know what it is about the the format of the show that that makes people receptive to hearing it, but I really appreciate that it's uh, something I can do and that people respond to it. I would talk, but Kelly's sneezing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's Kelly. She's she's fantastic. She's the best. Like I, I seriously cannot explain how how awesome she's been through all of this. I didn't say this too much in the last episode or last annual and the one before that, but like she sacrifices every Sunday so that we can do this show. Like she sits and and is very kind and is quiet while we record the show because we we live in this very small apartment and like there's there's not a good spot for me to go and record the show, so I have to record it in the living room where my computer is and she is kind enough to sit and play overwatch or watch a movie or something in near silence the entire time and i i can't i can't thank her enough i say it to her all the time off air but i don't think anyone believes that i say that so i'm saying it on the air right now um to thank you kelly yeah i have to play video games it's awful thank you kelly Xander's going to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse you, the first well. rule of I Read Comic Books is you don't talk about Xander. And the second rule <laughs> of I Read Comic Books is you don't talk about Xander. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's 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 been a really cool year. Like, and to what Tia said, like, we have gotten direct emails from people saying, thank you for offering this this point of view and this perspective that I don't hear on many of the other comic book shows that I listen to. And that's really, really cool to hear that we are doing we're making a difference and we are we are actually exposing people to these perspectives that they didn't have or they're not getting from other places Mm -hmm. Um, which makes me think that we need to try to do more of that and as well as accept like that there are going to be folks who necessarily don't want to hear that but but we so we have to approach those types of perspectives as well but i think we have a very good mix on this show and it's always worked out well for us um Mm -hmm. this show kicks ass i don't care what anyone (laughs) says We're all just so goddamn smart and charming. Like, we can't help it. Of course, people want to hear us. Yeah. Um, I will say, like... (laughs) What? (laughs) 
um danny who is who also drew this fan art he's he's like our our coolest super fan guy he's the best um he's he sent a couple tweets over about the show because we were asking for people's like what are your favorite moments from the show over the last year because i did it very last minute like a dummy but he is awesome and sent some things over he really loved episode 136 where um titled we're getting nick a library card again uh we talked about (laughs) star wars comics and we talked about nick's nick versus the library issue and he also talked about the episode where we mentioned Nick has a problem with his local library. Um, <laughs> a blood feud. <laughs> yeah. Um, one other thing that I thought was really cool, and I think this is something that we should probably press more on this upcoming year. Uh, episode 123, uh, Brain Holes was the title. We talked about, and I think Tia started this, talking about mixtapes um, for your comics while you're listening to them, because that was the episode mm-hmm. where we talked about listening to music while you're reading a comic, and it inspired Danny to go out and make a Greg Pack mixtape of songs that he would listen to while um, reading po- comics by Greg Pack, I'm guessing Wait, um, some I, of his like, Met Cadet and stuff like that. I, no, I think that we actually have this mixed up, because I was looking into that too, and the one where we talk about music is episode 102, which is called oh, Tia's oh. Fury Road Trip. Okay. <laughs> Brain okay. holes is where we were basically making mix. We we used the word mixtape metaphorically to talk about like you know reading lists basically that uh, we would put oh, together right. of our that favorite genre lists. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So there's a Greg I, Pack mixtape out there somewhere that Danny <laughs> created. I don't know what the list is, but it's Greg Pack. It's going to be great. He's a fantastic writer. But T.S. Fury Road Trip is also a really fun one where we talk about the playlists and. Um, I should definitely. I like that one. Make some of those public. Yeah, I made I, I made three after that for like I see, made a Kate Bishop one, a Kate we gotta Kane share one. These. Yeah, we, we gotta really share sh- these. And then people judge me for my music taste. What are you talking no. about? Mike? But, it, but no. it, it's not like your music taste because you're trying to like channel the character. So it's you know it's not like it's not like the Kate Scotchless. Mixed tail, although maybe you should make one. I mean, Kate Scotchless is Hawkeye. What are we talking about? It's true. Right? Like, <laughs> See, that's the thing. If someone's going to judge you on your mixtape, they can they can fucking talk to me. Because you know what? Like that's not that's because you've cool. had two beers and you're ready to rumble. Yeah, I'm in. The, I'm almost done with my first one. Second one's coming. Um, speaking of Tia's Fury Road Trip, um, I was trying to think, and I'd love if you guys weigh in. Uh, what is your favorite episode title from the past year? Because I can't choose between Tia's Fury Road Trip and That's Baudrillard, bitches. <laughs> Which I oh, think man. is a Nick. I think is a Nickism. Yeah, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. It was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good title. I'm gonna have to go with That's Baudrillard, bitches, because. It's it's engaging, it's clever, and uh, it's a it deep makes cut. Us sound it's smart. a reference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, mine is definitely shitty moms with hearts of gold. Oh, that is a good one. <laughs> I, just, I straight up love that episode, but really uh, that title. So it like it warms my heart. I don't. I think Tia, you said that, and it just was like that is the definition of that archetype that I want to see in my life. <laughs> I, I my very first episode that I was ever on I think it was episode like 42 or something um and yeah I when something dumb I said ended up being the title for that too which was sexy bad babies <laughs> <laughs> I mean these are these are things that either I pick out or Xander picks out and most of the time it's Xander because he's spending you know a ton of time on the episode yeah um, but he'll usually leave me a note and he's like this is the episode title or this is the episode title based on something that someone said <laughs> they're always so funny yeah I, I mean we try I try I try mine, really hard mine's probably four kids walk bank when 
<laughs> which I think is a Mike Rappinism. You were just a hot mess at that point. We're yeah. hard. <laughs> I think. Well, I think that was like we were trying to try, trying to explain how you tell someone about this book, oh. and that would be their reaction. Maybe I. I don't know. Now I got to look into it. But you, even still, I, I might think have we, said that. Yeah, I don't know. Now, now we need to look that up. <laughs> Some good episode titles. I mean, we try. I try to be, you know, Xander and I, I think, try really hard to make it fun because I, I don't know. I don't think, like, every episode title should be about the episode because, like, who cares if you, I don't know, you're going to mm-hmm. get the gist of that when you listen to it. I don't know. I've got a whole, like, philosophy on, like, podcasts and titles and stuff because it doesn't matter, right? If you're subscribed to a show, like, after that initial first two or three episodes that try to get you hooked, right. if you get hooked, the titles don't matter. You're just <laughs> ready to listen to more of that show. At least that's that's how I take podcasts, and I don't care what anyone else thinks. So, you know what? Um, I want to start trying to write poetry out of our episode titles, like, arrange <laughs> different episode titles to make that's a great, sentences. Great yeah, yeah. We, should, we should tweet some of those. I dig it. Well, that's the thing. We should just we should make a cool bot that like goes through <laughs> all of our titles and like mashes them up and tweets them out like once a day or something. Can I just say that my my close runner up is a uh, Bone Volume One by Jeff Smith. It just kills me. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's so good. I forgot to tell everyone this is Nick's last episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. I mean, we also, I mean, we had some pretty awesome guests this past year, too. Like, we don't, we didn't really do a lot of guest episodes before that, but we had three awesome guests on the show. Um, Started with Matt Horak, who was the artist on Punisher. Um, He also is the creator and artist on Octoskull. Um, He was super cool. Like, what a fun guy to talk to. We we sat on Google Hangouts talking to the guy, me and Brian and Paul, Mm -hmm. and we just, he was drawing the Punisher while we talked to him. It was so cool. It was awesome. Yeah, and I think that's that's something that I, I really enjoyed this past year and I hopefully do a lot more in this upcoming year where we talk so much about the process of reading comics. It's sometimes, even though I've read comics my entire life, the the process of making a comic, the actual like physical process of doing it is still mysterious to me. So actually talking yeah. to like Matt Horak or Dennis Camp the past year, that was very enlightening. It made me think about comics a different way. And I, I think that they liked talking to us. I got the sense that they were cool guys and the, we yeah. you know, had a great conversation with them. So that was, it was great to see, actually see that process take place while we're talking about comics. <laughs> yeah. I think he did. He like held up a page at one point. He's like, yeah, this is the Punisher shooting some guy. <laughs> <It's> like, yes. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah, one of the highlights for me was his Q&A on the Goodreads group. People asked yeah. some really interesting questions, and he gave really thoughtful, interesting answers. Yeah. I th- that was my favorite Q&A we did this year. Maybe we should try to like get some of these people back for like bonus episodes this year. Yeah. To just like sit down and talk with them for just 30 minutes. We don't have to do a full episode and just say, hey, let's shoot the shit for you know 30 minutes about whatever you want to talk about. Well, can I... Can I tease? Yeah, you my... can tease your, and this is the thing, I wanted to tie it into that. Let's yeah. tease your thing. So you know that this year we're going to try and give everyone a bonus mini-sode at least once a month, and something I'm going to tr- take on is a new series of mini-sodes. We're calling it This Is Not An Interview, and it's basically what Mike just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, and I, I mean, going along with that, I, I was kind of saying like we should do I, like I really want to do what you're talking about because your initial pitch to me about the idea was so cool like just sitting down and chatting with people about who are in the comics industry about 
comic Just whatever things. they want. Yeah. yeah, or anything that they want, really. Um, just to have a conversation with these folks, because they're real people, and they don't live and breathe comics 90, you know, all the time. They do have other interests and things that they're into. So it's just about getting to know these folks, mm-hmm. which would be really cool. I mostly just wanted to talk to Denny's Camp again and Matt Horek again. <laughs> about chickens. So cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah, about chickens. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what was great about those episodes, too, is that it wasn't just like an interview segment. They were basically guests on the show. Yeah. So they got to talk about stuff they were reading and what they were excited about. So you, I think that's cool when you have that connection with the creator that's like, oh, you're not just somebody that makes comics. You're a fan yourself. Yeah. And you think about comics the same way we do. So, yeah, I mean, Dennis Camp's enthusiasm about comics was infectious on that episode. So it'd be awesome to do that again. Totally. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's what I felt we, we got that with the Megan Ray episode as well. Yeah. Like, she was, she like, she spoke so eloquently about comic books. And I mean, we talked about comic book journalism and stuff, but the way that, I mean, she has a voice for describing and talking about comic books to the likes that I've never had a discussion with someone about before. I think, <laughs> Tia, you're probably the close second to her just because you know so goddamn much about things. <laughs> But still, like, it was such a great opportunity to, like, sit down and talk with someone who talks and writes about comics every day. Like, that's their job, to get into the nitty-gritty of comics and to understand the industry and the ins and outs of that. Um, and I, I really enjoyed that episode. I'd love to have her back. We have to get her a better microphone. <laughs> but um, other than that, like, she was, she was a pleasure to have on the show as well. Yeah, I love... Yeah. I mean, this goes back to what I was saying about why I, I think and why I hope people support the show is, you know... We care about the community. We care about mm-hmm. the comics community. And so we we don't just want to talk to, you know, the writers and artists about what happened in Batman this week. We want to talk about how can we as a community do better and how can we support this medium that we love and how, you know, how can we make it a, an inclusive place and how can we improve ourselves and our, you know, I don't know. I just, I thought that having MJ on the show was was neat not just because she is so knowledgeable and so passionate but I think that it also just kind of is another example of how we try really hard to 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 be a show that that does like we're trying to do something productive we're not just Mm -hmm. talking yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I, I think like one of the things I definitely want to do this year is not just grab folks who are in on you know like the mainstream comics big 10 comics or whatever I mean volt comics I don't think is in that list but Nonetheless, I, I w- I'd like to talk to people that are doing like real indie work that are just sitting down and making comics themselves, like doing mini comics and zines and stuff like that, because that's a side of comics that I don't think we talk about a lot on this show, mm-hmm. um, mostly because I don't think a lot of us, maybe I, I don't personally read a lot of that stuff. I have a handful of like zines and mini comics that I picked up at conventions, but um, we've never actually talked to someone who does that as their like cartoonist job if they're trying to break into the industry. Usually a lot of these people, they'll start there, and as they move up up and do more and more I guess like standard work like 8 by 11 or whatever the comic book size work um, then they start to break into the industry but how do you go from an artist illustrator writer person who does all this thing all in one go writing mini comics and going to you know small times like SPX conventions um, well, I wouldn't to, call SPX small well yeah, yeah I guess it's it's not a small convention so much as it's it highlights indie creators that yeah. aren't necessarily doing big two big 10 big 20 work um they're usually self-published webcomic type folks i think what we would find if we talked to some of these people is they don't see it as a starter role and they don't care about breaking into the big 10 Mm -hmm. at all yeah that's probably true you know and and but i think that the i that's kind of the 
narrative that is pervasive and that might be part of what prevents people from really engaging with them. And so it would be great if we could talk to some of those people and maybe um, dispel some of these myths and help people learn more. Because, you know, I mean, you have to kind of learn how to be a a reader of a certain genre sometimes. And so maybe we can help people figure out how to find those those creators and how to engage with them as opposed to thinking like, oh, I'll, you know, once they make it, I'll I'll check in, but it's like right. for them, they they don't care. They already made it in, in within <laughs> their paradigm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'd li- I'd like to focus a little bit on that this year. I realize that that's like we're starting to cover a huge broad spectrum in comics, and that's I think that's great. But we've only got so much time in the year, right? Like we've got episodes planned for probably the next like almost three months, um, and so we get to fit that kind of stuff in. Plus Kickstarter episodes, plus minisodes, and all that stuff. There's so much that I want to do, and so much time I want to take from everyone in order to do that. <laughs> but yeah, you know, it's it's these are the types of things that I'm looking forward to at least in 2017 or 2018. I'm I'm getting way ahead of myself here, but that's that's pretty much it. What other stuff did you guys like about this year? What else did we do that you enjoyed? I liked the Goodreads Book of the Month episodes where we brought in, you know, this discussion from the forum and pulled it into our own discussion on the show. Yeah. And I'm excited that we're going back to do it. We're going to do it every other month now instead of every month like we had in the past. Mm-hmm. But I'm excited that we're getting back to doing those because that's, I think, really fun and feels like more of a community discussion when we do that um, with bringing in people's comments as long as they say it's okay to air kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's always been fun and interesting to listen to, I think, at least for me. That was one of my favorite episodes to do was the one was uh, uh, you, Kate, me, and Kara talking about um, Hilda. That was a really fun discussion because, again, that's a book I never would have picked up had it not been for that. And I really enjoyed it. And I felt like I had the book next to me. And as we're talking about it, I'm flipping through the pages. And our discussion made me think about the book and look at the book in a way that I didn't when I read it the first time. So it's kind of like a a fun way of doing that where it's like we're talking about the book at the same time I'm looking at it and thinking, oh, yeah, now I see this other angle that I hadn't seen before. It was great. Yeah, I relate. The other thing with the Hilda episode and also the Bone mini-sode I did with Nick is we ended up having two different editions that had some changes in them. Yeah. So like in Hilda, there was color work changes when they like republished it. Mm -hmm. And when Nick and I were talking about Bone, I had a scholastic version that had like edited out like the gambling and stuff because it's you know not appropriate apparently (laughs) for children and mine was a colored version, which the original isn't. Mm -hmm. So like I I think that's been interesting too when that's happened when we do discussions and then find that actually we're talking about slightly different products <laughs> yeah 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 i went full x trash this year which i'm very proud of <sighs> and you know um. what you got me to read all these x-men books and i'm pretty happy but also mad about it like not all of them were good let's be real okay um, death <laughs> most of, x. of them are not good <laughs> death of x it was you know what it was the the death of my interest in x-men for like three months um but seriously like mike talking about x-men has gotten me back into x-men stuff plus like if you ever message mike on twitter or wherever and ask him reading order because x-men's confusing as hell yeah so helpful and so i've gotten into a lot of good books that way and then paul this year like 
every time I drop a book unerringly when he goes on the episode the next time he's talking about how amazing that book I just dropped is. Whether it's like Mother Panic, Shade the Changing Girl, um, Paper Girls, like all of them. He's like, oh, let me tell you about this thing you're missing out on now, Kate. And I'm like, son of a gun. But <laughs> and it's my, uh, my, my spidey sense goes off when anybody drops yep. a book. I'm like, oh, you're going to regret yep. that. I'll tell you why. Sure, sure is. <laughs> They should hire you at all the comic shops. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. You just stand, just stand by the door. The, yeah, like, are you sure you want to drop that? I don't know if you do. <laughs> <laughs> our, um, it's looking like our, so the vote's still going for our next book of the month for February, which is we're going to do an episode on, but it's looking like Paper Girls is winning, and I'm excited to go back and revisit that. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that'll be fun. Oh, yeah. I actually just reread it like last week. Oh, nice. Oh, how handy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need to reread it. So cause that was the only volume I read. I need to reread it so that I can then go on to read volumes two. And I think three is out now as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. But it, I, it's been so long. I need to reread first. That's one of the books that I feel like you can sell on the colors alone. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, Pete's. Yeah. Which P.S. Matt Wilson. I am. I am very happy, though, that I was I was gone for two weeks in Europe with limited internet access and somehow the show went on. Um, <laughs> very happy about that. I, I don't know. I, I, I really enjoyed I mean, that's the thing. I, I talked about this last year and I really, really enjoyed it when I came back that I had episodes to listen to that I wasn't on because I, as much as I love sitting on the show and talking with everyone, I do really love listening to the episodes that I'm not on to hear you guys talk and discuss things and I'm not interjecting and sounding like an idiot. So like... <laughs> It's it's really cool. Like the like for instance, I love the minisodes, and I love listening to the minisodes because that's like an extra thing that I get to listen to on our show that adds to you know everything that we do. Because I don't listen to a lot of other comic book podcasts because they're not as good as this one. Mm-hmm. And so when I actually get to listen to this show, I'm it's very very pleasing. Um, and I still want to toy around with this idea of me not being on the show every once in a while. Um, but it looks like given travel and work things that i'm having coming up Th- that may happen a couple times this year um unintentionally um, because of other obligations so um, keep up the good us. work you guys what's that you can trust us i mean yeah the, well the show <laughs> we'll I, I can good, trust Dad. you guys to, i can trust you guys to record the show it's just i gotta figure out a way t- to someone else has to know how to put the show up every month or every week because oh, I still, I did, it, yeah. yeah, I did have to do that from from France and from, from England. <laughs> <laughs> How's the Wi-Fi at the Louvre? Yeah, I, you know, while I was getting my art historian degree, I also <laughs> still had to do this show. Uh, <laughs> I will say, I think it's funny that at some point everyone was sick on the show when we recorded. Somehow we went through the entire roster and everyone was sick at least once, myself included. Um, and we still made a good show. So good for us, I guess. Good, and kudos, good for us and good for Xander because say, he edits out all that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so what are you guys looking forward to this upcoming year? Like, what We've got a lot of stuff planned and things that we don't necessarily announce on the show because... I'm not intentionally mysterious. I just don't know if people want to know what we have coming up. Plus, if you tell everyone, then it's like a promise. Um, that's a whole other Wait, thing. Wait, so but- are we allowed to say what hasn't been announced then? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I let's know. Do it. Yeah, let's do it. I <laughs> okay, don't care. I am super psyched for next mini-sode series of talking about previews. Is that going to yes. happen this year? <laughs> I mean, that's why I said, are we allowed to say it? But I that mean- was pitched like six months ago. So, well, there's a. So, Is I mean, Nick we still talked alive about- here. Yeah, what's yeah, sorry guys. I'm you know slugging cough syrup. Yeah, Yeah, not no, not cough syrup, but you know, definitely a lot of tea over here. Uh yeah, I I didn't know that we had totally 
agreed to that. Yeah, see, it's 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 <laughs> a question mark. It's a question mark. <laughs> that's okay. We we we'll see we, what I happens. Mean, yeah, we'll see what happens. It's something that's kind of like, how much time can I suck out of Nick's life to make this episode happen? Because it's very, very time intensive in order that to do true. an episode Do you like have that. one of those like machines like in The Princess Bride to suck years of his life away? <laughs> that was part of the cult that I didn't want to announce, but okay. <laughs> that's really what the that, Kickstarter that funds went Kickstarter to. Kickstarter money, yeah, I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you where it went. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting any t-shirts. I got a cool gun that sucks the life out of people. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, on that note, I, I really hope that my mini sewed series happens. Oh, uh, we were going to try to debut it this month, but it looks like it's, we had a bad dress rehearsal. That means we're going to have a great opening night for next month. Yes. <laughs> Tia actually broke her leg. So, um. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Dude, that's like not even funny to say to dancers. They, they, oh God, they don't I even, didn't even oh, think of that. Yeah, they don't say break a leg. They say merde, which means shit in French, which you know, because you went to the Louvre. I, yeah, I, I speak French, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm genuinely looking forward to these Q&A episodes. I watch too many YouTube videos where these types of things happen. I should say, I watch Funhouse, and it happens, and it's really funny. And I'm really hoping that our Q&A episodes will be just as good in terms of the, the types of questions we get from people that will be comic-related, that won't be comic-related, where we just kind of talk about what people want to know about us and about the show and about how our comic reading habits and all that kind of stuff. Things that we maybe don't directly discuss on the show, but we get an opportunity on these episodes to go in depth into. Um, I promise you, Mike, that they will be not just as good, but even better because Funhouse is terrible. Oh, okay, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. But it's still, I, I think it's an interesting thing to add to our schedule to say, like, we've got this consistent thing that's coming up once every quarter is the way that I'm calling it. And, it, I, you know, we've, it'll be a lot of fun. I, I'm really looking forward to it, especially because we've got so many questions so far. Um, and if you haven't sent a question in, listener, you totally should because we want your questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've got so many things to answer and they're all different and it's really, really cool. Hmm. How do people send cool. questions in? You can send, like I said it at the beginning of the topic, but you can send questions in at ircb at destroythesive.org or you can tweet us, tweet at us with the hashtag ircbqa and we will answer your questions on air. It's going to be really cool. As long as they're not lewd or rude or crude. <laughs> or rhyme with any of those words. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And we, I mean, we've got some interviews coming up on the show outside of Tia's um, cool new thing that's coming up. Um, we hopefully, I don't want to, I, I mean, we have some interviews coming up from folks that are releasing comics in the near future. I won't necessarily name drop because who knows, mysteries happen, I guess. And, um, but it's going to be cool. I want to try to do one of those pretty regularly too, like once every other month if we can. Um, so we got to start lining those up on top of the other creator stuff. Like we want to engage with as many people as possible. And I think like that's a great way to, to do that, to get those voices kind of out, like what we talked about earlier. <laughs> Otherwise, you know, just another year. We Emerald sh- City Comic Con. <laughs> oh yeah. That's right. Yeah, we got Emerald City Comic Con coming up. I guess that's cool. Um, <laughs> I'm excited. I can't wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So, yeah, Kara, Tia, myself, and Xander are all going to Emerald City Comic Con uh, this year. So, if you're going to be at Emerald City Comic Con, let us know and we can, like, hang out for a quick second. You can get a sticker, maybe a pin if you're lucky. Somehow, I'm going to have to fly to Seattle with all of that stuff. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be great. We've got all this equipment that we're going to use to record episodes there, to record, like, quick little interview things. Uh, Tia, as 
you know, apparently she's got all the ideas. She's got all these fantastic ideas about how we can do this and interview people and get some content out to you guys real quick. Uh, that's going to kick ass. I'm really excited. I'm just really excited to go to Seattle. That's actually a really yeah. cool town. Yeah, I like it. But yeah, it's, I mean, I don't know if we're going to do another Kickstarter this year. I don't know if we have a need for it, but I don't know. What do you guys think? What What should we do this year? That's What's a big thing we should do this year that we could like show off? Let's just spitball really quick because we've got nothing but time, I guess, on this episode. Well, I mean, we've already fixed comics, so I don't know. How do you follow <laughs> that up? <laughs> I mean, I don't know how much people actually listen to our recommendations. What do you mean? Of, of fixing comics? Of fixing comics. There's right. like, oh. yeah, like literally I, I like was poking around comics Twitter this past week and was like, mm, mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I think I'm going to go back to gymnastics Twitter. That's somehow less of a trash ah, yes. fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's that's oh, that's a whole thing. Sorry, Michigan State, you <laughs> fucked up very hard. <laughs> so we're fucked. Anyway, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I think maybe this year the big push should be to keep on that. Like we fix comics, but how do we make sure that it stays fixed? Mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. something like we constantly have to keep applying grease to the wheel to make sure that it keeps spinning. I it's think literally just Bill and Ted rules: be excellent to each other and party on. There yes. you go. That's it. Yes. Which is Don't also, I think, Andrew WK rules. Morning. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Andrew WK rules. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's so strange because I can't, I can't think of where things will go from here because I can't believe where things, how we got here. You know what I mean? Like, to get personal for a second, I mean, this. there are times when I get, I get burned out on comics, you know, like where I'll go to the shop and buy my stuff, but I'll let stuff sit around and won't read it, or it feels like a chore to read comics. And yet somehow being involved with the show, trying to be more involved in the Goodreads group, interacting with people on Twitter, it actually kind of fixes my comics doldrums from time to time. And it's really great to have that enthusiasm and share it. So I think that might be a goal for me this upcoming year is to not let, not let, not get bummed out about comics. You know what I mean? Stay positive and stay on it, and this is a good way to do it. Doing this every week, uh, talking to you folks and talking to people on Twitter, that's really kind of helped me through those those lulls in my fandom. Yeah, I get the same kind of thing, especially when I get a string of really mediocre reads, and then mm-hmm. I'm just like, eh. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, I think the Goodreads group has helped a lot with that, with our recommended reading challenge, which we're going to do again this year, and I'm very excited to uh, see what it is that, that goes up on the first of next month. Um, but then also just like, I'm friends with a bunch of people now from the Art Goodreads group and on my feed, what they've read and how they rated it is popping up. And so I found some really good stuff that way. Um, like Philip, I think I saw in my feed, he read Lighter Than My Shadow, which is a OGN from last year. And he rated it really highly. So I checked it out and it was fantastic. And so that kind of thing gets you re-energized, I think, by comics, like finding out what's good and then reading it. And then you're excited because it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And... I think that's one of the best things about kind of this IRCB community is helping each other find those things. I definitely think we should take a minute to give Kate a lot of credit for yeah. all the work she does on Goodreads because oh, totally. that's, you know, it wouldn't be happening if Kate wasn't doing all the behind the scenes stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if Kate Thank wasn't you. poking me every week to like 
actually do my fucking job. Like, <laughs> it's great. I'm sorry, like, I'm a piece wrong, of crap and never log in. And no, 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 it's fine. My my beef with Goodreads has to do with the platform itself. They have some things that are real goofy on the on the um, moderator side of things that are just kind of buggy to the point where, like, I remember one time I had to explain to Mike how one goes about posting a poll, and he's like, oh, "What? Yeah. <laughs> what? <Yeah. laughs> like, the only way to schedule it, but have it start that day, is to like post." it and then edit it because you can't post it with that deadline Ugh. it's so strange oh. but it's a it's a whole thing yeah but it's such a good community you don't want to leave like it, it's the people that make it wonderful yeah yeah and i mean our goodreads group is full of a lot of fantastic folks like i've never had a bad experience jumping on that group and reading what people are writing and posting and replying to others like i've gotten yeah. some really good recommendations from people um, who sent me personal messages to be like hey you said you like this thing i read this and it's very good it's kind of in the same vein and it's i've, I've always I, and i don't shout that out enough on the show i really should um when i get those recommendations because i think that it's it's unbelievable that these strangers who live all over the world, it's not just the United States too, it's all over the world are joining this group and are hanging out and talking with us about comic books. Um, and like credit goes to Kate for keeping that up and making sure that we're, we're active and we're keeping high up on the ranking list or whatever that is. Kate's got a whole fucking algorithm in her head and she knows how to make sure that the, our group stays popular and shows up and stuff like that. And I mean, that's why the group's almost 300 people. I mean, and while we're on the air talking about it, like I'm confident in saying that we're we're gonna do a Comicsology gift card giveaway um, when we get to 300 subscribers or 300 members in our group, and you have to post in a thread. We'll we'll get it all figured out. But I want to do a giveaway to celebrate 300 episodes or 300 <laughs> members. When we get to 300 episodes, I'll do something fucking insane. I'll fly to your house <laughs> and hang out with you for a weekend. Uh, <laughs> Each and every you know, one of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, 300 members. I mean, that's that's momentous. That's a serious thing. We've got mm -hmm. 300 people in a group that want to talk about comic books with us, and that's awesome. Um, and I, I like this little community that we've built. It's small, but it's it's ours. And it really, really works. At well, 500, I'll get a library card. <laughs> You'll pay back your fines. Yeah, yeah. that too. That's we'll going to be the next Kickstarter. Those, those who want to know what the next Kickstarter is, it's, uh, it's clearing my name with the Spring Lake District Library. So. <laughs> <laughs> you know, any, any really ardent fans that want to like, call them up and just set that straight. Uh, and by set that straight, I mean like pay it off. Nothing like you know, violent. You know, that would be great. Yeah, if you've got thirty-seven fifty-four to send to Nick, let us know. Yeah. It's around there. Yeah, yeah. Wait, how do you know how much it is? Uh, you've told me in oh, secret. I was worried no, like you'd you called them. Me. Yeah, you know. How you much? Know, does I've been Nick trying to figure you? this out. Oh, that is too much. Oh. If it Jesus. helps, I also have beef with my local library now because they have uh, literally three shelves of graphic novels, and they are all categorized as young adult, and many of them are very. Not young, just adults should not yeah. be on that shelf. Yeah, but and if it's my got library pictures, does that too. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I'm boy. like, um, I don't think The Walking Dead is young adult, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, no. They it's even not. have ratings right on the back, which is how I d really don't understand how the library can get confused. But my my local one by my um my old place before I moved to Grand Rapids was like that too, where it's like these are all for kids. I'm like, I'm pretty sure the Long Halloween isn't for kids. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, one one other thing I will say, uh, when we're going we're going to Emerald City Comic Con this year, like we said, if you have any karaoke songs that you want us to sing at karaoke, we're gonna definitely <laughs> do that one night. So shoot yeah. those over to us in an email, ircb at destroythesive.org. 
We'll give you a shout out. We'll do we'll do something. I'll post a Snapchat or something. I don't know. Unless they're Proof Disney or Hamilton it. songs. Yes, I hate Joy. Please don't make me sit through that. I don't actually know any of the words to Hamilton songs. So I think 80s classic rock is probably like a good safe zone for everyone. Right? Yeah, I have, um, a, I have a pretty hard line no show tunes at karaoke. Yes, thank you. Okay. Okay. So, and also fine. no performances. Like if you... <laughs> in le- no when Whitney Houston's... When it's group no karaoke, Dion's. you got to pick songs that the whole group is going to like. Otherwise, you're just kind of being a dick. Right. Sure. Right. Yeah. And because, then, and then uh, we oh, should do ahead. a we should do a series of mini sods about uh, uh, karaoke etiquette. I'm looking forward to that this next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm a lot of fun, you guys. I have very strict karaoke rules. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, all right. So now, now we're we're we're, stri- we're we're running into some territory that maybe is not comic book related, not show related. Um, but and we're also coming. We're, this is a very long episode, so yeah. let's wrap things up here. Let's talk about like where people can find you on the internet. So let's start with that. Paul, Tia, all those people. Let's start. I got an order in the notes. You guys go ahead. <laughs> well, I'm Paul. You can find me on Twitter at ohhipauly. You can also find me as one half of the Spike Pile Driver Professional Wrestling Podcast Tag Team. We're on Twitter at Spike Pile Pod. Look for our Royal Rumble recap this week. <laughs> so much alliteration. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Tia, and you can find me on Twitter at Portrait of Madame X. I'm Kate. You can find me at Twitter at Kate Scotchless, or you can find me on our Goodreads group. I'm Nick. You can find me on Twitter at Death Star Plans, and you can find me on Goodreads group if you're desperate or you're really trying. <laughs> I am your host, Mike Rappin. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike Rappin. And you can also follow the show at IRCB Podcast, where we retweet stuff. We post polls like something that I didn't do this week because I completely forgot about it. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Um, we've already talked about the Goodreads group, but uh, you can definitely check us out there. It is a lot of fun. We have weekly threads going on right now. Uh, the current weekly thread is upcoming titles, books that are upcoming that you're excited about. We get our monthly uh, pick of the month discussion over there all that's going on over there it's a lot of fun our website is ircbpodcast.com you should definitely go and go through all of our backlist of titles and write us poetry (laughs) (laughs) please rate subscribe and tell your friends about the show it's the best way to help us grow yeah those itunes reviews are fantastic we had some really nice ones from the last couple of months so thank you guys out there for writing reviews danny and and all the other folks that are out there that have written some fantastic five-star reviews we love five-star reviews we hate all the other reviews (laughs) 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 Oof. okay on that note if uh if twitter or goodreads or whatnot isn't your preferred mode of communication uh you can email the show ircb at destroythesibe.org Please reach out. We love talking to you. And less, as Mike just noted, it's a negative review. Uh, in which case, um, you know what? Email that to us. Don't put it on. Don't put it on iTunes. Email it yeah. to us. That's that's yeah. what this accounts yeah. for. Keep it between me and you. Exactly. Uh, Infinity Shred is the best. They have been the coolest guys over the past couple years, letting us use their music on the show. We love them. They are fun, one of the best bands in the universe. Um, Xander is a wizard, and he has to deal with all of us every single week. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but he has the patience of a god king who lives in the top of a mountain. He is fantastic. Um, he edits the show. I can't believe that he's done this for three years with us. Up, He's going to be four years. It's going to be infinity years. Thank you, Xander, for all your hard work. Finally, I want to say thank you to everyone. Thank you to Paul, Kate, Tia, Nick, Kate, Lamphere, Kara, Renee, Brian, all the folks that have been on this show. You you have been fantastic. You've made it. You've made this three years like 
fantastic. I, I can't wait to see what we do in the future. I'm so happy about what's going to happen. Emerald City Comic Con and beyond is going to be great. Um, so finally, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to three years of I Read Comic Books. And until next time, we will catch you later. <laughs>